This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Friday Rush Hour. It is indeed James Golden, Bo Snurdly with you. Telephone number 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222 if you want to be on the program today. We've had quite a busy day. Later on in the program, Gabe Kaminsky will be joining us. He's an investigative reporter with the Washington Examiner. He has an amazing series about conservative media and how it was being suppressed. Circles within circles, State Department involved. Microsoft just pulled out of a segment of it. We'll talk about all that with Gabe Kaminsky. But first, ladies and gentlemen, today is... February 17th. And it has been two years. It's been two years to the day. A long and short time at the same time. Since I got that telephone call in the morning with the words that I did not want to believe, the words I didn't want to hear, that Rush had passed away. And, um, you know, something you never forget when that happens. I had um, not given up hope, I think, until that moment that he would find a way to survive lung cancer, advanced lung cancer, Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We're all going to pass, right? We're all going to pass. We're only here on this earth for a very, very short period of time. Sometimes I believe with all my heart. The other times I believe with somewhat doubting heart that Almighty God, the Creator, knows everything that is best and, and everything that happens is for the best of us, His creatures. I do know that our appointed time on earth, I do believe this firmly, is fixed up until the exact second that we are supposed to leave. 
But still, two years later, the heart aches. I wish that Rush had had more time with us. I wish we had more time with Rush. For me, there is still a feeling of incompleteness. Something is missing. Something that was supposed to happen didn't happen. Or there's a void, a gap. Yet on two years later, every single day, I'm on social media just about every single day. Every day, I read posts from people wondering, what would Rush think about this? What would Rush think about that? What would Rush think? What would Rush think about Joe Biden? What would Rush think about the presidential race? What does Rush think ought to happen with the next election cycle? I always have the same answer when people ask me that in interviews. Well, you know, you, you were there with him for 30 years. What would he think? How, how am I supposed to know? I couldn't guess it when I was working the show. For 30 years, every time I thought I knew what he would say, he would come up with something novel and something something that was unique to his thinking. He was a unique thinker. He had his own way of analyzing events, looking at the world, and of course he had an, a, a way like nobody else of articulating his thoughts. So I don't know. Except on things that he said, for instance, and I, I, you heard me repeat this, and I hope I'm not repeating it too often, whether we should panic, whether we should give up on America. And he said, no, it's never time to panic, never time to give up on America. You, you can't give up on America. So I get that question a lot. What would Rush think? I also read every day on social media, and especially today, especially today. People that are just sharing a very fundamental and profound truth, I miss him. And I miss him greatly. This morning I wrote these words, some of them for the Daily BS. And you can find an excerpted version there of what I'm seeing now. But so long as there is an America, my friends, there will be American heroes. Some of those American heroes are our founders. Some of them, heroes can be found in every single walk of life that there is in America. We are a uniquely blessed nation. We've been blessed with freedom, hand-in-hand, before it got distorted with crony capitalism, with more of a sense of capitalism, and that has produced a wealth and a prosperity that the world had never seen, but it has also produced individual initiative and people that have ambitions that they could fulfill in their life through hard work, through dedication. And as a result, we see people rise in America. We see people rise and become Heroes, if you will, and I'm not just talking about material success. I'm talking about the way they live their lives, what they do, and the people that give their lives. Be they our first responders on 9-11, be they the soldiers that served in every single war 
that America has called on them to serve with dedication, with selflessness since the beginning of this country. We have had heroes. We have heroes that were with us during this pandemic. Some of them you know, some of them you live with. They are the nurses, they are the doctors. They are the people who walked into these diseases not knowing whether they would be killed or not, but they walked in to serve everybody because that's what their calling is in life, to nurse people, to doctor people, to help people heal. And the thanks that many of them were given for that is they were told to either take a vaccine or be fired from their jobs after the push came in to make the billions from the pandemic that could be made with the vaccine. But there are heroes everywhere across this great land of ours. Many of us found one on the radio 30 years ago. Well, now 35 years ago. He was there on the radio. He inspired people. He delighted people with a wicked sense of humor that was just right on the edge, but never or rarely over the edge. But most of all, he pursued the truth. He was unafraid to talk about things that people did not want to talk about, the sensitive things, the nature of what America was, what it is, the truth of what certain political parties have done to this country and are doing to this country. I will always remember this in the very early years, screening calls for Rush and being in the studio with him. And I've told this story before, too, and tell it again today. He was one of the first people ever that really started making fun of liberals, mocking them, laughing at them, pillorying them with, with humor. And he did so with Ted Kennedy. And an elderly woman called the show. And when she got on with Rush, she started crying because she was so petrified that he was going to be arrested. Never in her life had this woman heard anyone talk in opposition the way Rush talked and made fun of liberals. Never. And she was so worried that he would be arrested. And, of course, we all found that humorous. These days, given the cancel culture that the left has imposed on America and imposed on everybody, it's not such a far Fetched idea, is it? Perhaps this elderly woman knew what we would be facing in the future. But then she she cried because she thought Rush would be arrested. Nobody ever talks about the Kennedys. Nobody makes fun of them. Nobody does what you're doing. And indeed, at the time, there were three networks. Well, four if you want to include CNN. That was where America's got, got, Americans got their news. And it was the same news. He used to say all the time, you could turn off NBC, turn on ABC, turn off ABC, turn on CBS. Turn them all off, read the New York Times, read the Wall Street Journal, read the L.A. Times. You get the same take, same news. But what he did was so different. 
and because it was so different, because it was so masterfully broadcast, he amassed the largest single audience in radio since the golden age of radio, since radio was all people had. And so many people looked up to Rush because of his unflinching, unflinching pursuit, as he called it, the relentless pursuit of the truth. I was reminded of that earlier today when I looked at some of the critics that came out, some of the very nasty people who like to say horrible things on Twitter. Rush used to call Twitter a sewer. And and you can see why some of the comments. But you know what they were? They were the same old criticisms. Oh, he made fun of he made fun of a man stricken with disease. They were talking about Michael J. Fox. Or he made fun of the daughter of a president talking about Chelsea Clinton. And it's funny, you know what? No. Uh-uh. What you're reading are the press narratives about what happened on the show, not what actually happened on his show. Because the mainstream press hated him. He took away their monopoly on the news. He gave people a contrasting point of view, and they hated him from day one for it. And one of the things that I I thought about this morning If if there's anything that I could do over again, it would be to respond more aggressively in real time to these people that smear, because these same smears live on. That's why they did them, so that they would live on. And this is, we need to, conservatives, take a lesson from that. Every time they smear you, answer them right back, and don't stop answering them. Because that's what they have, they're smears, and that's all they have, they live on. But regardless of that, Rush daily told us the story of the United States of America, and he told it through the eyes of someone who loved his nation and who loved her people. I'm not here to try to claim that Rush was a god or that anything like that. Was he perfect? Of course not. We are all flawed, just like the nation we love. Every, all of us, we are humans. We have flaws. But I will tell you, there was some greatness in this man. There was something about him, the greatness that few people will ever know or aspire to. That was within him, a special greatness. And so, now two years after he passed, There's not going to be another rush, ever. Rush Hudson Lombard III, an American original, a second-generation founding father of these United States. Rush Limbaugh, you are loved, and you are missed. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. 
Bruce Hornsby brings us back here on WABC Talk Radio 77. On this the 17th. That's just, my friends, the way it is. A Chicago dad who opposed pornographic books being in his child's school and testified about them found himself and his family on, guess what, a government watch list. Chicago father discovered the hard way he could no longer board a plane without having to endure substantially increased screening. He joined several parents during the summer of 2021 to speak out about sexually explicit pornographic books in his child's library. He and his family, he's a self-described raised Democrat, by the way. He's not a conservative, not a Republican. Arrives at the airport, discovers they can't check in electronically like they usually do. Told the FBI had put him on a watch list. The FBI put him on a watch list. The FBI put him on a watch Who runs the FBI? Department of Justice. Who runs that? Why? It is Merrick Garland, whose son-in-law is one of the providers of some of this questionable material going into schools. Why, that would be the son-in-law of Merrick Garland. And all of a sudden, the FBI has him on a watch list. He and his family missed the flight, by the way. They were able to get on another one only after getting permission from the FBI. One of the employees said, someone put you on a list with some real bad people. And that's the way it is in America. If you dare question what your children are being taught in school, why they are being groomed, why are they being given pornography in school, You might end up, you might end up on a government watch list. The Ohio train derailment is still in the news. The head of the National Transportation Safety Board has issued a plea to those spreading disinformation to stop. Well, she should direct her energy toward the EPA that said everything's just fine. Representative J.D. Vance and other People that live in the area of East Palestine, Ohio, have gone to some of the water outlets there, like, you know, the little cricks, the streams, and they show what happens when they throw a rock in there or they stir water a little bit. You see the film and the rainbows of chemicals in the water. But yet they're being told by their government, oh, everything's fine, don't worry. And now we have the head of the National Transportation Safety Board saying she wants people to stop spreading misinformation. Go over to the EPA, tell them that, and then lecture everybody else. Governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, couldn't wait to get elected. One of the first things he does, he says he's not going to enforce the death penalty. He can't, his eight-year-old asked him a question about life and day. He can't do it because the eight-year-old Son and daughter, this is, this is. See, I'm just seeing this now. Some guy, Dr. Robert, somebody, 
Why did Rush mock 80s icon Michael J. Fox accusing him of faking his Parkinson's disease? He never did that. It is a lie. It is a lie. He never did that. Michael J. Fox was, and this is so ironic, Michael J. Fox had been used by the Democrat Party to go out and campaign. And why did they do that? Because with Parkinson's, he was supposedly, you couldn't criticize him. He was shaking very badly. Rush illustrated that in the studio. The left took him and said, oh, he's mocking him, making fun of him. No, he wasn't. He was explaining what he saw and why the Democrats used him to do it. Now, as I remember the story, and this could be somewhat different, it, it had a something to do with, I think, either Michael Steele or Michael Steele's daughter, which is so funny because Rush raised money for Michael Steele when his own people wouldn't. Running for the lieutenant governor. And Michael Steele has turned to be one of these MSNBC, just bad-mouthing Rush every chance he gets. What a disgrace. Never acknowledging that he got his start, like so many others, because Rush stepped in and helped him. And that story about Michael J. Fox is a total lie. Just like many of the others, but this is what the mainstream press does. Look, I'm going to take a few calls because we do have a guest coming up. We've got plenty of news, and we'll be back 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'll deal with more of these news stories today. Gracie, my Gracie, welcome. How are you this afternoon, Gracie? Well, uh, I'm, you know, I'm upset. Uh, you know, remembering, you think, I, you know, I loved Rush. And I have to tell you, I really want to thank you for giving him this because he deserves this. He really is um, the father of American conservatism. You know, remember back the Monday after he passed, Catherine was on. Uh, uh, do you remember that, Bo? And, and I was lucky yes, enough I do. to get, and I was lucky enough to get on, uh, uh, you know, and say how much Rush meant to us because he gave us a voice. He, we knew what we felt, but he explained it so clearly, like a college professor. He took us from here to there, and with facts, and with with the opposition saying their actual ugly, hateful words, and also, I shouldn't say that, I should say their lies, their twisted lies, and he explained why it was lies. And, and also, see, I'm, I'm, I'm very upset. What, what also upset me is when people said, oh, you listen to Rush. How could you listen? I said, have you ever listened to him? And they said, no. Well, I said, why don't you give it a try? T- listen to his monologue at the top of each hour, and, uh, and you'll, you'll understand what it's all about. Listen, so, you know, I listened that first week in July by accident, 1988. And I want to say he means so much to me. And the thank you card I have that, you know, he sent because I sent him a mass card, you know, uh, to get better. I I have it up in my house, and I do have an autograph of his from, uh, I know it's it's on a golf, a Pebble Beach golf tournament that my my son's uh, father-in-law ran up to him and got it. So thank you, Bo, for letting me ramble on. Gracie, thank you for calling. I love you, darling, and you know that. 
James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdy. Look, we have Gabe Kaminsky coming up, but we will take your calls, 800-848-WABC. After that, 800-848-WABC. Bob Dylan takes us in. We'll be back. Don't go away. How many seas must the white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand Isn't how many times must the cannonballs fly Before they're forever banned The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Chairman of the board brings us back on WABC. We have on the line with us investigative reporter for the Washington Examiner, Gabe Kaminsky. Gabe, thank you for making time for us. Hey, Bo. Thanks for having me. Uh, Gabe, I have been following your series. It is brilliant. It is uh, chocked full of information that we need to hear. Let us start in the beginning with the first series, the first article that you posted, which to me was stunning, when you outlined this campaign, supposedly disinformation campaign, Microsoft's involvement in it. Let's start from there. Tell people that have not read the article what you have investigated, please. Yeah, thanks for having me again. And so uh, the first part of our, our series detailed how There are several organizations that purport to be tracking disinformation on the Internet. And one group in particular we focus on is a group called the Global Disinformation Index, which is a British nonprofit with two affiliated uh, American nonprofit groups. And GDI has been compiling secret blacklists of conservative media outlets, outlets that they determine – to be the biggest peddlers of what they view as disinformation. And they've been feeding that blacklist to major advertising companies uh, with the intent of of shutting down and and deplatforming and defunding those websites. Uh, And so, for example, uh, the Washington Examiner learned that it was on this blacklist through sources in the advertising industry uh, Breitbart News is another outlet on the blacklist, according to that that same person. Um, but separately, the Global Disinformation Index has ranked the 10 riskiest outlets as places like The Blaze, The Daily Wire, uh, Newsmax, 
Real Clear Politics, Reason Magazine, and other outlets. So, you know, we, we just tried to detail how this is, this is a maneuver that is happening. People, you know, weren't really aware of and how it's costing uh, right-leaning media outlets a lot of advertising dollars because because advertising companies are subscribing to that list and then choosing, uh, you know, who, who to defund. Now, on that list, and you mentioned in the article that there were a thousand, at least a thousand of these, but some of the ones that were on the list of, I think it was about 30, RushLimbaugh.com was on there. There were other, Law Enforcement Today was on there. These are, so these, they made a targeted effort to pretty much make sure that advertising money to these outlets, to these businesses, dried up. Now, to me, that is, a, that is grounds for a lawsuit because they are, that's torturous interference in a business. And yet they were doing business with people, this, 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 this disinformation index fund. Microsoft was doing business with them for a while. And Microsoft, I think, has now suspended it, according to your article, and kind of said, okay, we're going to review this. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's correct. And so what you were referencing before about RushLinball.com and all those other websites, Town Hall, we, we basically published a story shortly after our original finding that Microsoft, which owns an advertising company called Xander, X-A-N-D-R, and Xander subscribed to the Global Disinformation Index's blacklist. And actually, uh, some whistleblowers in the ad space leaked us um, Microsoft's own blacklist, which, um, as you were mentioning, included uh, Town Hall, RushLimbaugh.com, a whole more swath of websites that we weren't aware of were actually being targeted. And then a day after that story, Microsoft revealed that it's launching an internal investigation and will be suspending its relationship uh, with, with the Global Disinformation Index for the time being. So I would like to know, then let's move on to the next article. Now we learn that the State Department is involved. And by the way, this is a British. This is not, and this wasn't, although they have links in a, with American nonprofit, this was a British concern. What, what is the involvement of the American State Department, our Department of State? That's right. So the Department of State, uh, through two separate maneuvers, has granted six hundred, uh, roughly $600,000 to the Global Disinformation Index. And so the first way this has been through is through a group called the Global Engagement Center. And the Global Engagement Center is a grant-making body linked to the State Department under the State Department that works with a variety of federal agencies. And they awarded the Global Disinformation Index hundred grand to look into developing uh, risk ratings for media outlets overseas. Uh, the second entity under the State Department, or I would rather say linked to the State Department, uh, through an indirect way. The National Endowment for Democracy is a nonprofit that is funded almost entirely through congressional appropriations, meaning in 2021, Congress gave $300 million to this group, and that, that really accounts for uh, really all of its funding. Uh, and, and that organization gave $315,000 to the Global Disinformation Index in 2021. 
and two hundred and thirty thousand dollars in twenty twenty. And so, uh, you know, we we outlined how conservative media outlets be blacklisted. Now we know that uh, taxpayers taxpayers are footing the dime for funding to the organization that is doing that blacklisting. Wow. What happens next? Let's go to the article, though, that you, you have today, because apparently Jim Jordan, Matt Getz, are vowing that they're going to investigate this. Do you expect anything to come of this investigation? Yeah, that, and that's something we're going to have to see. But, I, yeah, as I've, you know, we, um, we've been speaking with lawmakers in the past week, and lawmakers have been vocal. Um, you know, so Matt Gates and, and Representative Jim Jordan Jim Jordan's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, and he also uh, is the chair of the new uh, there's a new the new subcommittee in Congress called the Weaponization Committee. And both of those lawmakers have said they they intend to investigate the State Department's funding. And of course, it remains clear uh, you know the scope of that investigation. Uh, but we look forward to figuring out uh, you know hopefully hopefully what they intend to probe. Um, I would also note that uh, Representative James Comer, the chairman of the influential House Oversight Committee, had noted he intends to press the Biden administration over that State Department funding. And again, uh, you know, lawmakers have been have been raising concerns. I mean, we only published our first story uh, last Thursday, so it's certainly uh, it's early on. But, uh, you know, we, we certainly intend to follow up with every every lawmaker that says they intend to investigate this and get specific examples of how that will be. Have you heard at all from these nonprofit groups? Have they responded to your articles? I have not been in contact with the Global Disinformation Index. Uh, I, I've reached out to them uh, at this point, uh, you know, more than a dozen times, I, I suppose, um, since our, our investigation began. And, uh, you know, we, we have yet to hear from them, which is unfortunate because, uh, you know, you, you'd assume a, a group tracking disinformation would be open to being transparent uh, about its processes and, and how it operates, because uh, certainly if you're, if you're going to rate a media outlet, you know, that, that media outlet deserves to uh, be, able to, be able to talk to uh, the third party. But unfortunately, we haven't been able to get in touch with that group. Now, there are efforts. This is not the only effort. There's another outfit out here that calls themselves NewsGuard. And I looked into some of their ownership, too. Um, and you will find all sorts of, how shall I say it nicely, political hacks involved in the uh, upper echelon of that organization. And again, they try to strip people of funding, advertiser funding. This, if they don't meet the standards that quote-unquote news guard has, even though, from my point of view, they are just as political as every other activist group, and they have a definite point of view. So... This seems to be a well-organized effort on the left to shut down any alternative news in this country. And if that is the case, now you have the government actively working with these groups to try to shut down news in violation of our very First Amendment. They're not supposed to be doing this. It is illegal for them to be doing this, correct? You know, First Amendment lawyers have been raising concerns, uh, you know, kind of like you expressed over the fact of how this could bode with the First Amendment. Uh, you know, of course, uh, it's, it's unclear, right, how the government could be linked to uh, an organization that is actively taking steps to shut down the free press. Uh, for example, we spoke 
to Ilya Shapiro of the Manhattan Institute, uh, a lawyer who said that, uh, you know, it really it poses problems for the government to be involved with this group. Uh, and also Jeffrey Clark of uh, former President Donald Trump's Justice Department, who, uh, you know, raised concerns similarly uh, over the government excuse, being linked to uh, an entity like that. Um, I would say, like you said, you know, there, there are a lot of organizations like the Global Disinformation Index that operate similarly. Uh, the one thing I would say about NewsGuard that, that is a little bit different um, is they do actually publicize their ratings. And so, for example, the Washington Examiner is transparently rated as a 92.5 out of 100 for uh, 90, 100 being, you know, the the uh, like most accurate uh, reason magazines rated 100 uh, percent. There is a lot of unknowns with this group, but I think, uh, unfortunately, Global Disinformation Index, contrarily, I mean, they don't publicize a lot. And, and I think that's a real issue. Well, I would. I look forward to how are you going to have other releases of uh, in this series? How much more information? How many more stories can we expect to hear from you, to get from you at Washington Washington Examiner? Yeah, you know we're um, we're we're currently working on other stories. Uh, I don't really have an estimate of how many exactly, but you know I think as we kind of uncover stuff, we're just. You know, more people are reaching out, and uh, and that's been really nice and, and great uh, to get that level of collaboration. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're continuing to track this space because uh, we find it to be really important. Uh, and certainly as lawmakers continue to, uh, as they say, investigate it, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be covering that and uh, to, to wherever that goes. And people can find you on Twitter at G.E. Kaminsky. G E Kaminsky K I M S I N S K Y. If they want to get a hold of you, you are with the Washington Examiner. I urge everyone interested in these free speech issues, in these issues of media and media suppression, to examine your their your stories for themselves. Go read the stories. Make up your mind that way. Read the stories. They are important stories. And it couldn't come at a better time, Gabe. You've done excellent work here, and I hope you'll join us in the future. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Gabe Kaminsky, ladies and gentlemen, Washington Examiner. This is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. More of your calls coming up. Don't go away. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Bo Snurley. On 77 WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's head back to the telephones. Let us go to Carmen in Long Branch, New Jersey. How are you, Carmen? Bo, thanks for taking my call. Great opening. But at the end of your opening, you said there'll never be another rush. Well, you're right. Just like there'll never be another Jesus. But he sent out his disciples. Just as you, Bo, you, Tucker, Sean, and many other men and women on all networks, TV, are sending the message out and getting Russia's word out every day. And like Russia always used to say, we're not going to give up. We're never going to give up on this country. We're only going to fight harder because if we don't, we'll all be martyred. And, I mean, I can't say any much more. Just thank you for all you guys and women do for us. Thank you. You know what? I appreciate that so much. Let me just say this. There, right now, there are so many outlets that you can go to, and this is why this story about suppression is so dangerous. And Rush Limbaugh was on that list. 
again, and there are other lists. Facebook does uh, is accused of throttling conservative sites. We know what Twitter has done. Twitter, some of the news, a lot of the news that we power the daily BS with comes from American Wire News and BizPack Review and the Center Square, other outlets. Well, we know BizPack. We know that they were throttled. We know RushLimbaugh.com was throttled. We know Town Hall has been has been tried to suppress by these groups. So you look at it. You have the conservative print media. There is an all-out war on them to shut them down and to hurt their advertising dollars. There was a movement in Congress. I don't remember. I don't know whether you remember this, but Elizabeth Slaughter, when representative of New York, they literally ignored the Constitution and tried to get legislation to shut Rush down. They called it the Hush Rush Bill. Well, that's what we called it. They threatened to go to the FCC and try to take Rush off radio stations using the power of government and target that with the FCC. These efforts are still continuing. Now, before Rush, there was no Fox News. There was no real conservative press back in those days. It is alive and growing now. This is all part of Russia's legacy. All of it. And we do have to keep fighting these people. But I'm telling you, this is these things that we are learning now deserve a class action lawsuit. The government should not be in this business. Folks, this is what we used to accuse Pravda of. Of of the the, the Russians with Pravda, with TAS, government control over the TAS news agency. Government control over the news. This is what you expect from China, not the United States of America, where we are supposed to have a free and open marketplace of news and information. And Twitter, what they did, these Twitter files, this stuff deserves a class action lawsuit, and we need to get to the bottom of it and also learn how deeply the FBI, the Department of Justice, are involved. This is unconscionable. It is un-American. It violates the spirit of the First Amendment. And it deserves to be taken into court to see whether, in fact, they've also violated the law of the land. Frank, in New Jersey, you're next on WABC. How are you, Frank? Mr. Snurgley, it's been years. 88, 89, I forgot. Was he in California or New York? I forgot. In New York. That's when I picked them up. Listen, yep, he had I'm moved a, from Sacramento. I'm a billion mega ditto head. And I'm, and I'm saying exactly what you are saying to the rest of the folks that called in. Rush was a model. Just like the Wright brothers invented the airplane. Rush left us a model. We have to take it and run. And you this are absolutely right. Be- What's that now in here? Go ahead. I'm sorry, sir. Do you, Go ahead. Do you recall a Rita from Detroit who used to call Rush? All Rita the time? X. Yes, Rita X. Rita you, you X. Accused him of, you accused him of using trichinology. Right. <laughs> she was. She accused him of using trichinology, and she also had a few things to say about the, uh, as she called it, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. 
uh, <laughs> Colin Powell at the time. That was Rita X was a follow of the Reverend, the, the uh, Louis Farrakhan, and she, she would call really? the show. Yeah, she was uh, she was a mess. She was a hot mess. <laughs> She was hysterical. I laughed like hell with her. <laughs> and there were so many. See, that was the joy about Rush, though. There were so many instances where we could laugh about things. And, I mean, some of the things that we're laughing about, that we used to laugh about, have now become every day. I mean, I remember when the transgender movement first started to emerge. Rush called, what, do you remember what he called the operation? He called the, the operations, the adedictomy, and the, uh, well, and all that. And we all laughed. Little did we know that today this stuff is happening large scale in America. Rush warned people, hey, they're coming for your SUVs. People laughed. They are coming for your SUVs. Now your SUVs in certain cities are the target of environmental wackos who will slash your tires and try to disrupt your transportation. So many of the things that he talked about, that we laughed about, have now become the centerpiece of the left and their campaign to pretty much destroy your freedoms. Go ahead, Frank. The bakery out in the West who was sued because they wouldn't bake a cake for them was... They were exonerated this last week by the United States Supreme Court that they were right. They didn't have to bake a cake because it was an artistic function, and they were allowed to keep it personal. Now, the very same day that the Supreme Court gave them, okay, they were in the clear, they got sued that same afternoon by the same people. You know who I'm talking about. Yes, I do. This is the Colorado case, and the Colorado courts do not seem to recognize the principles of religious freedom, as been articulated not only in our Constitution, but multiple times by the Supreme Court. They keep trying to go against it, and they are not the only ones. Look, folks, the institutions that made this country great are all under attack. This country's history is under attack. This country's sanity is under attack. If you dare say that God created man and woman, that he created them, now you're accused of being a bigot. And the Bible itself is referred to as some kind of homophobic book. Everything that was once normal is now considered not. But that's why we have to keep on fighting. And that's why we have to keep on the good, happy warrior fight. And we should remember Rush from now until the end of time. Because he deserved that. He was the pioneer that took so many arrows to establish this conservative media that is speaking up against this sanity. This insanity that is plaguing not just our nation, but Western civilization. Well, that's it for me. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m., bright and early. Hope you're here for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Catch a night up next. Keep it here on WABC.
back in the morning at 7. Have that first cup of coffee with us. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.